When people look at teams like mine, my operating team is primarily queer women, which is, you know, it wasn't intentional. I did not hire and advertise only for queer women to apply, but it makes sense to me that that happened. And it's because of the culture that we foster that allows people to even feel like they want to apply to work with us, right? And I think that companies that don't have that culture that's so obvious from, from an external view will never attract diverse applicants. And so you'll never really get that in its truest sense. Hello, and welcome back to the Women of Web3 podcast. I'm Lauren Ingram, and I'm the founder of Women of Web3. We're a community and a consultancy, and we've been educating thousands of women about Web3 and sharing jobs, events, and learning resources like this podcast. In every episode, I'll be interviewing an incredible leader about their learnings. We start off by breaking down the Web3 jargon, then we head deeper down the rabbit hole. Please do subscribe and give us a rating. It really helps more people find the podcast. Now, you're probably listening to this podcast because you want to learn about Web3, but have you ever considered how to actually use it in your job? At MDRX, they build digital products using Web3, blockchain, machine learning, and AI, but with purpose as the foundation, never just tech for tech's sake. So why not download their cheat sheet? It's packed with top tips on why your business should give a damn about Web3 and see whether Web3 is actually right for you in your job, your business, or even your career. So whether you're looking to optimize your business strategy or leverage tech to stay ahead of the competition, MDRX have got you covered. I'm really excited to be working with them because they live and breathe Web3. And I love that they see tech as an enabler and not as the end goal. And because they're the tech consultancy arm of law firm Mishkondorea Group, they know everything there is to know about the legalities of Web3. And if you've ever tried to launch a legally compliant NFT project, DAO, anything like that, you'll know it's really complex and you need a trusted partner. Go and download their cheat sheet now by clicking on the link in the description. Now with today's guest, I kind of feel like she doesn't even need an introduction because if you're already obsessed with Web3 or you've got into NFTs or you care about women or underrepresented groups, you'll probably have heard of Betty because she's an amazing advocate. She's the brains behind Deadfellas, the NFT project turned international brand. I think we can learn a huge amount from her playbook and I love that Betty stands up for the things that she believes in and that she cares about. So things like getting recognition for artists in Web3. We also cover her move from Australia to LA off the back of her success in the Web3 space. So I'm really excited to share this episode with you. So without further ado, here's Betty. So welcome to the show, Betty. Um, could you start off by saying who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, I am Betty. I'm founder of Deadfellas. I do a lot. I run a Web3 brand. I participate in this space as a curator and a collector aside from that. And um, yeah, generally have a good time. <laughs> I love that. And also really pleased to get you on the show because I'm a longtime follower of what you do and especially the way you've been talking about equity and equality in this space. So intrigued to get into that later on. But first off, You've literally just moved to LA recently from Australia off the back of your success in Web3. So congrats. And also, how are you finding it so far? Thank you. Um, it's great. It's, I mean, I was here more than I wasn't last year for work. And so it just made sense. You know, I have three young children. I was away from them all the time. A lot of my team work in this time zone. And so things are just way smoother being here, really, which is great. Amazing. Are, you, are your kids finding it okay? Just asking as a fellow parent, maybe it is quite a big improvement on um, wanting to see their mum more and then getting to live in this amazing new place. I mean, yeah, I think it's a, it's a definite culture shock, but not too bad because it is fairly similar to the climate and everything that we had in Australia. Yeah, we've yet to dive into schools and things, so we'll see. <laughs> a whole new challenge. But first, I want to hear about Deadfellas. So, I mean, you've obviously achieved incredible success since launch. Actually, would you rem remind me 
when did you actually launch? Because it's been like sort of 20 years in Web3, but it might not be that long in the real world. Um, yes, we launched on uh, Friday the 13th of August, 2021. Yes. Okay. So, so a, a, about a year and a half or almost exactly a, a year and a half, actually. So um, will you tell me what does Deadfellas represent to you? And I'd love to hear more about your story so far in general. Yeah. So um, Deadfellas to me was an answer to a problem that I was personally facing. When I started participating in the space, it was January 2021, I became aware of NFTs and Web3. And to me, it was just this immediately exciting space. I just, I wanted to dive right in. It was, you know, just so intriguing. And I I spent a lot of time listening to people talking on Clubhouse and lurking on Twitter. And then it just became kind of too hard not to fully participate. And so I just dove in. I created a Twitter account. I wasn't on Twitter before then. I was just kind of lurking on Sykes, my husband, <laughs> my husband's account. And um, yeah, so I created that and and then noticed obviously this huge movement of PFP projects and communities that were arising around them. And I was just so fascinated by that. And, you know, the idea of digital identity and how that flowed into this culture that was, you know, quite clearly burgeoning. And I, I just, I felt so, I guess, frustrated because I wanted to participate, but I didn't see anything that represented me. I didn't see anything that represented gender as a spectrum or or anything outside of kind of the reflection of the dominant participant in the space, which, you know, there are way, way, way more men in Web3 currently than there are other genders. And so... I was like, well, I'll just create something that I want to to use. And that was that. Deadfellas is kind of an amalgamation of everything that I love and Psych, my husband and co-founder, loves. We just we had a real fun time putting it together and brought it brought it to the world and it was received really well. And it's been super fun since then. Yeah. This is a funny space to work in because there's no plan or blueprint that you can kind of follow on from others. You just have to make it up as you go along. And honestly, I think that's the most exciting part because it takes twists and turns you would never expect. It's great. I totally identify with that. I'd say uh, with women of Web3, I think at at any given time, I've got about 60 or 70% of a plan. And I've tried to make it more like a sort of, you know, having 90% buttoned down, but actually you're right. There's just so much unexpected change, but a lot of the time that's amazing new opportunities that like you might not have thought of or um, interesting partners getting in touch, for example, or, you know, big existing brands or anything like that. So and actually, I'd, I'd love to talk more about that gender point. So the, the zombies in your PFP collection are genderless, right? So was that quite important to you that they would be genderless? I also, I I love hearing more about your thoughts on representation in Web3. Yeah, it was important that they were genderless. The designing of each trait was intentional in that sense. So I'll, I'll give some background for people that are listening that are not familiar with generative art. So in the PFP setting, basically art is created for people to use as profile pictures on social media for whatever reason they decide to. The thing with that is most of the time the art is generated by code and to put that together, you'll input, um, you know, however many traits that are separated. So like eyes, nose, mouth, you know, hair, different clothes. And so the different combinations of those are thousands and thousands and thousands, all different and all unique to the next one. Um, So it was important that the traits that we were designing to input into that were all kind of inherently not gendered so that 
with the combination of them at the end and the results, um, you would have this collection where anybody could go and find themselves within there. And it was really down to the holder to decide, you know, what that NFT was. And so I feel like it just added another layer of sovereignty over it and over the experience that you have participating in in that sort of thing, um, rather than just being told that, you know, this is this. And yeah, that it was really important to me because I just didn't see that being catered to anywhere else. And if I was feeling like that, then a lot of other people were feeling like that. And I, I just felt that this desire to create space for people like me and other people that wanted to join in. Yeah. And actually, even in 2023, there are still not that many collections, you know, PFP collections, profile pictures that are representing people in the same way, in that same sort of broad spectrum, or at least not the ones that are performing well. That even sometimes still see in, you know, existing NFT collections, if there are, say, men and women represented, the female profile pictures, PFP NFTs will be the ones that are selling the slowest and for the least money, which which is a bit gutting. But I want to, want to talk about the positives about how amazingly well you've done with Deadfellas. You've built this amazing, really strong community, the Horde, and you've even got celebrity fans like Reese Witherspoon. You're basically an icon in your own right, as Betty. And <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and um, I know you you were finally or finally doxed yourself last year in 2022. I was wondering, do you ever get nervous as being treated as a leader to literally like tens of thousands of people? I, I know that might sound like the sort of question that sometimes women might be asked and not men, but it's because of that nature of anonymity and the fact that you doxed yourself. I'm, I'm intrigued to know how you would like to be perceived or not. Yeah, it's it's a funny question. And kind of timely, I've been really reflecting on that a lot recently. The experience that I have is a very unique one in that I do realize that I'm one of the only people in my position in this industry. You know, statistically, there are other women like me, but there are really not that many. Like you could probably name most of them right now. And that is an honor. But also it's a, it is a lot of pressure. And I think that it comes with, you know, this this funny intersection of experiencing the internet as a woman, which, as you know, can be quite <laughs> an experience. <laughs> but then you're also operating at the intersection of these male-dominated industries. So we've got tech and finance and fine art. Currently, you know, the context of NFTs is quite often art. And so, yeah, sitting at that intersection and being one of the only people in this position it yeah it, it comes with a lot it, when I started this I did not anticipate being that person or being in that position you know I didn't really realize what would happen and then it has come with a lot of challenges you know I've had to alter how I move around the real world I've had to you know take a lot of safety precautions and I have to be very careful at real life events and all kinds of things that you know you wouldn't expect so and I'm still really new navigating that that's that's still very much a new experience for me so yeah still fresh yeah no that's um I don't think I've ever really spoken to anyone about that I mean are you getting mobbed by your community when you go to big events and things um yeah yeah and it's not it's not necessarily just my community it's you know people online like mm. you'll go places I'll be walking out of a hotel and it'll be like, oh, Betty's staying here, you're staying here. And then that stuff is kind of unnerving a little, you know? So I don't travel alone ever. Like I say, I have to be very careful with things. I have three young children and so I operate with an awareness that, that that's the case for me. And I think that my experience because of that is, is very different to my male counterparts in this space. Like many of them don't have to deal with that or don't have to deal with the same risks. It's kind of a confronting comparison to have to 
live with. But um, at the same time, you know, like I said, it is, it is a great honor to be able to be that for, for many people and to show to other people like me that it's possible and to open doors for people and to, yeah. you know, continue to insist on doors opening. So yeah, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're basically a celebrity. Actually, the, one of the things I find weird about Web3 is that we have our like, yeah, so icons and basically celebrities in our scene, yourself included, but then maybe outside of Web3, it's just not perceived in the same way, like because so many people haven't even heard the term Web3 <laughs> or like they're still not familiar with NFTs yet. I, I moved plans to, uh, to make sure we could definitely record together and I was like this is with Betty from Deadfellas and like my, my two friends was looking at me like I don't know what those words mean <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny it's you're so right like at the same time as it being so incredibly intense for me the experience in certain situations in other words in other situations it's like nobody actually gives a shit so it's fine <laughs> I wasn't trying to um I wasn't trying to bring you down a peg or two. It's just it's this really weird dichotomy of what you're saying about, you know, you don't want to share which hotel you're staying at, but also you're having to explain it probably over dinner tables like what NFT stands for or like all of these basics that um yeah, it's a a strange world. It's very it's very, very bizarre. Yeah. I'm not used to it. I don't, <laughs> it's just an ongoing experience. So I just kind of have had to, you know, go with the flow and just, it's just, it's funny. Yeah. Like you say, there's so many contradictions to it and it's, it's weird, but yeah. Yeah. Have you met a lot of fun people since moving to LA? Um, no, I've met a lot of fun people since starting Web3, but most of the people that I know in LA, I've known for a couple of years now, which is great. So yeah, I kind of have moved here in a different way to how most people move to LA from, you know, another country, like chasing a dream. Like for me, everything was already set up and I'm kind of jumping into a life that was waiting for me, which is quite nice. So yeah, just adjusting to that right now. Yeah, that's that's very special actually. Yeah, jumping into this this life that's already sort of ready and waiting for you and that you'll finally be in the right time zone for for uh, collaborating with people, I suppose. Uh, I, I wanted to take a bit of a t- different tack. I wanted to talk about royalties because you've been such an amazing proponent of Web3 creators and, you know, essentially NFT collections, but creators retaining royalties so that every time their NFT art is sold on the blockchain, the artist or creator gets to receive, continues to receive a kickback in perpetuity. So where are we up to at the moment in terms of what the platforms are doing and what have you thought about that? I think that really with everything that happened with the creator royalty discussion, I think it was it was kind of the, the thing of the moment and the conversation of the moment in the way that we throw ourselves into these debates quite heavily. You know, it's like a very fiery topic for a few weeks and then it it kind of uh the attention is diverted to something different it's like in this ecosystem right now because of the size of it realistically it's not that big and so the school of fish of attention kind of goes from one thing to the next to the next but for me and i think for so many people that participate here creator royalties are an ongoing thing and really the reason why a lot of people decided to jump into this space in the first place i think that right now we're kind of dictated on on how we navigate through the movements of marketplaces, which I don't think will be forever. I think that, you know, there's a lot of people building things behind the scenes to empower people to take control of their own um, their own work and how that's received and manifold and bueno and 
Yeah, I think in terms of platforms, I think that we'll see more creative focused marketplaces. I feel like we'll see a lot of people taking control of their own work and maybe selling it through their own means. Um, Maybe there's amalgamations of various personal listings. I don't know what that looks like right now, but at the same time, I know that there are brilliant people that really have that focus at the heart of what they're developing. And so I'm excited to see what, what comes out. I don't really see the future as in centralized marketplaces, to be honest, for themselves. So I think we just kicked the can down the road and that we still have a lot of work to do. But I think that, you know, generally the conversation was positive and a lot of people had a lot of really valuable things to say on all sides. And to me, though, it just boils down to respecting people for their work and people having control over their own work as well and their own creative expression being valued for that. There's so many things that make up the true ethos of Web3 that were at risk when that that debate was happening. And I feel like we've kind of gotten to a place where we're like, okay, that we've had that conversation. Now what? What do we build to empower people? And yeah, so I think we'll see a lot of cool stuff come out in the next year or so. I'd love to hear about brand collaborations. You did an amazing one with Wrangler Jeans fairly recently. I'd love to hear, just, you know, explain a bit more about it. And then what did that actually entail? How did it come together? Yeah, brand collaborations have been one of the most exciting and fulfilling parts of the last year for us, I think. It's really exciting to be able to work with these legacy brands on new and innovative collaborations to bring, you know, Web 2 and Web 3 together. I think that something that is a superpower of this space is that there's this immediate cut through, um, you know, in what world does someone create a brand and then a year later they're collaborating with brands that you have known forever, you know, that is incredible to me, the cutting out of the middlemen and the ability to just create something and to have that received by people. And it's, it's really, really fun. The Wrangler collaboration came about because there were people within the Wrangler organization that were fans of dead fellas. They came to our event in New York, NFT NYC see last June, June 2022, we had this big event in Brooklyn. Uh, It was a dead zone, which is what we call our our big events. And it was so fun, Uh, just the best. It was the first time I'd ever seen our community come together in real life in that way. And it was honestly kind of emotional for me and really validating to see everyone together. And anyway, so some people came from Wrangler. I didn't know this at the time, but they reached out afterwards looking for a collaboration and, you know, explaining their goals and what they were doing in Web3 because they were already um, participating in Web3, which was through their, their Mr. Wrangler um, stuff. So we we worked with UTA. Uh, UTA is a talent agency in, in LA. We work with them on a few of our different collaborations. We brought them in. Caroline Hooven on their team is amazing. And she worked very closely with us and the Wrangler team to bring something, you know, super valuable together. And what was really cool about working with the Wrangler team specifically was their willingness to kind of push into innovative areas You know, it wasn't just this easy and kind of toe dip into Web3 situation. It was really integrated into Web3 tech. We had basically created this whole rollout of fun things for the community to participate in and co-create with us. We had our artist on our team, one of our artists, Leon Lee. He's absolutely wonderful. He created a comic strip featuring Wrangler and our characters in our world. And what happened was we would release a slide each day and people would 
vote on what would happen next. It was like a choose your own adventure story. So every day, you know, people would vote on what would happen next. Leon would create the next slide. And over time, we created this full story together with our community. And then people that participated were put into a raffle to win uh, Wrangler jeans. They called them undead denim. They were vintage jeans that were chipped with NFC chips where when scanned contained the comic that was created with the with the community. So that was really cool. We then got the chance to design our own jacket, which is super awesome and t-shirt and have that on the Wrangler website. And yeah, that's just an ongoing thing with them. We really love working with them and I really admire the way that they've kind of leaned into utilizing the tech available in this in this industry to, to create extra value for their brand and their community. And I just really love it. Yeah. I think that they've, they've done a really good job. They're a good example of a brand doing it well, in my opinion. I've been really impressed and it felt like it was, it felt like it was really well aligned in terms of the two brands coming together and also yeah really quite innovative of a brand like theirs that's been you know around a long time a legacy brand as you say out of interest would you or your team know how to create a brand collaboration of that scale if you hadn't had say a talent agent managing a partnership like that uh yes yes we would and we we have done many times basically we bring in UTA and we work together with them when we think it's going to be of value to that particular collaboration. So it's not every time, it's some of the time, but that's kind of the beauty of working with them. And how big is your team now? Oh God, quite big. Is it? Uh, <laughs> it's always, <laughs> we're always growing. Let me have a quick think. One, two, three, four, five. About 10 of the core team. And then we've got like moderators and artists and contractors and an external developer team. Uh, We use Props, who is wonderful. If anyone's listening and wants to kind of, you know, get more involved in the dev side of things, which I find very interesting. Props is a really great organization and you can kind of follow them on social media and they share a lot of really interesting information and, and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, that's really cool what you've scaled so far. I was also going to ask you what your kids think of the brand that you've created and like, you know, do they do they know much about what you're doing? Have they shown much interest? Do they know about your entrepreneurship journey? They do and they don't. So when I started, um, my oldest was six and now she is eight. So, you know, she's at the age where she understands kind of what my work is, but not to the full extent of what NFTs are or any of that. I try to limit tech, not limit, but have like a healthy kind of ramp into this world. I feel like it's just going to be all encompassing for people of that generation. And so for for them right now, because uh, I have a three-year-old, a six-year-old and an eight-year-old, they, they love the pictures, you know, they love and they love to see the videos of the things that we do and that I show them often because a lot of the community that we have will create really cool things as well, just because they want to, and I'll show them things like that. And so they love that. Um, my six-year-old is very spooky. And so she's the biggest fan, I would say. <laughs> it's kind of a funny thing um, to try and explain to a teacher why the six-year-old is drawing zombies. <laughs> but yeah, but um, no, they love it. And I am excited to introduce them more to this world, but um, obviously with a great deal of caution. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's we could basically do a podcast just on that of like, how do you introduce kids and teens safely to this stuff? Yeah. But what what have, would you say are your biggest learnings so far in, in sort of building and scaling your own business or brand? Um, I think delegation uh, is the biggest one. I love 
to be in control and to, you know, make sure things are done right and all of that sort of thing. But realistically, in order to scale and in order to work efficiently, you just can't be everything Mm -hmm. and no one can be everything efficiently. And so delegating and just letting go of control. And yeah, that's, that's a big thing. So what, what's your biggest focus in terms of your role versus other people within the organization? What's your main thing? Have you got a main thing? Because it's probably everything, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, CEO duties is is sort of everything, but I um I would say I'm more strategy, leadership, executive decisions, that sort of thing. We have people in all of their areas doing really amazing work. Um, you know, we've been very very lucky to get some incredible talent from various industries that just wanted to work in Web three. Luckily for us, and here they are with us, and it's been it's been really fun because, like I said before, working in Web three, there is no blueprint, and so. So it takes a kind of a sort of person to want to work within that environment because it is so unpredictable, but it's also very thrilling and there's a lot of freedom and um, possibility. And, you know, a lot of the things that we're creating, we don't really know what the future holds for that. It's kind of incomprehensible in many ways. So it takes a brilliant team of people to be able to put that together, I think. So I love working with the people that are attracted to Web3. And honestly, I find it inspiring just being around people that are in this space as well. I find that in LA, I'm more around people like that. It was harder to find people where I lived before. There were people, but you know, it was, it was much smaller. Yeah. And do you have like a physical office in LA? Not right now. No, because everyone kind of works in their own space. And I like that too. I think that that's kind of a nice thing. The freedom and flexibility that people have to participate here, you know, no matter where they're from or how they work, I think that's nice. And I do want to maintain that. We are getting together this week, which is nice. All of my team at our co-working space. So, and I, we will be doing that um, at least once a month, which I'm really looking forward to. But no, I don't really feel like it's necessary to have everyone in the same spot all the time. I think that also that's way more inclusive of people, their lives, um, specifically women as well and mums who and parents who are, you know, so often excluded from environments because of the need for flexibility. So kind of love that. Totally agree. That's also on my big to-do list for 2023 is making Web3 work for women, like the working world of Web3 better for women because, uh, at the moment, it's it's got quite a long way to go. And when you think about sort of inclusive working practices, or yeah, making it good for parents, and like if you make it good for all parents, that also like makes it better for women. So um, yeah, I definitely want to speak to some like, especially some of the bigger, say, crypto startups about you know I think they've got some quite big issues with female employee retention. And so like, can they have better parental leave policies in place? Um, what what are they doing to like elevate female leadership? Like all of that kind of thing. The, the kind of problems I was trying to solve in Web two and it feels like there isn't nearly enough attention on that in Web3 yet. I also think that something that is so often missed is when people look at teams like mine. So for my my operating team is primarily queer women, which is, you know, it wasn't intentional. I did not hire and advertise only for queer women to apply, but it makes sense to me that that happened. And it's because of the culture that we foster, you know, within our company and at the community level as well, that allows people to even feel like they want to apply to work with us. Right. And I think that companies that don't have that culture that's so obvious from from an external view will never attract diverse applicants. And so you'll never really get that in its truest sense. Because when we talk about, oh, well, who was best for the job and 
we just didn't get, get this many applicants. And, you know, well, I mean, honestly, that really just, it just shows a, a culture problem in my opinion. But yeah, I'm really proud of that. And I mean, I hope to see that continue because even, you know, most meetings that we're on, there would be no women if my team didn't join. So we're still finding that now, like most of the, yep. God, that's yeah. Hardcore. Yes, it is. It's, it's frustrating navigating this space, being completely aware of that every single day, you know, doing things that are statistically improbable and being aware that that's the case as well is, uh, is a little daunting sometimes, but at the same time, you know, every achievement that we make and everything that we do kind of opens a door a little bit more for other people to continue. And a lot of people open doors for me as well. And I'm very grateful for that. So I think it just takes that conscious effort, doesn't it? To, to push things and change things. And it starts getting easier to ask for the doors to be open. And what is maybe one thing that you would want to change about Web3 if you could? One thing. That's a hard question. I'm always. <laughs> um, okay. So I think that I get frustrated with the way that people will look at Web3 and say things like, and it's mostly, it's mostly men that do this. Web3 is this amazing utopia where everyone is just received for their PFP. You can be anonymous, you can do whatever you want, you can participate here and in an equal way and blah, blah, blah. I think that that's so lovely as an idea, but we're not there and we're nowhere near there. I think that the hurdles and um, the barriers to participation and access to this space are very much there because those are in the real world, which, you know, the people that all of that, all of that is the same people participating in Web3. And so unless people start to consciously break down those hurdles and barriers, and that will take the dominant demographic in the space to kind of step up and, and make some changes, I think that it's just going to continue. But I, I do see hope within it. And I think that right now, you know, I mean, I'm one of those people. In what world does someone like me have the ability to create a brand out of absolutely nowhere and just blow it up to epic proportions. And you've seen that multiple times. Like it's it's a possibility and it does happen. So it's there. And the communities that are born around that are there and they're real. So I just want to build on that. I think, you know, lean into that way more and see how far we can push it. I think it's just an incredible field for challenging structures and, and systems that are designed for us not really to win. I think it's, yeah, it's so hopeful. At the same time, it's I mean, there's a lot of contradictions that I'm saying, and I get that because it's it's frustrating, but also hopeful, and it's. <laughs> well, I think that's I think that's very fair to be honest. Like I, I feel both of those things. I sort of feel frustrated, but maybe not on a daily basis, but definitely a weekly basis. There'll be yeah. something you come up against, or even just you know people atting me on LinkedIn saying, "Why is there no like men of Web 3 You're Like, because you've got that already. Um, <laughs> like, bro, uh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're fine. You don't need that. Yeah. But um, but no, I'm I'm similar feeling feeling hopeful about it, and also if we can sort of start, I suppose partly like educating people that there isn't you know just by saying we're democratizing the internet doesn't mean that it is you know totally accessible to everybody or like that everyone can participate in this stuff. But you know even women of Web three, we do what we can to sort of make it accessible to everyone. And you know for example, all of our events, learning resources, everything is for free, but it doesn't definitely include everybody. But um, I'm conscious we're out of time now, but I could talk about this stuff all day. Yeah, <laughs> um, me too. So I was just going to say, lastly, where can people find you? People can find me all over. I'm on Twitter as Betty underscore NFT. I am on LinkedIn as just Betty. If you search Betty Deadfellas, I'll be there. I'm on Instagram, betty.dfz. 
that's it. I'd say probably Twitter is your biggest one. Um, that, uh, you're, yeah, you're very active on there. And so is everybody else in, in terms of tweeting you back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because I never, I never went on Twitter before Web3. I never went on Discord before Web3, but that's where the communities are. So that's where I hang out. A hundred percent. Yeah, I really appreciate your time. So thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Really nice to meet you. For listening to the Women of Web3 podcast. If you like this episode, please do give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. It really helps more people find the show. Check out our website, womenofweb3.co, to find our talent collective you can apply to be part of or post your Web3 vacancies on our jobs board. If you've got any questions or comments, just tweet us at Women of Web3 Co. And we'll see you next Thursday morning. <laughs>